Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look, style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast, where we're on a mission to make style simple and fun for women everywhere. We got such great feedback from the last episode on editing your closet like a pro. And if you remember, I gave you the homework of setting a timer for just 30 minutes and organizing your closet the way I described in the episode. We had a few people post their pictures in the Everyday Style Lounge, and I love seeing you ladies making progress in your wardrobes. If you didn't do it, there is still time. So today's episode is sort of your fall fashion episode, like the September issue of Vogue or In Style and all those other pretty glossy magazines. September is the big fall issue. They talk about what's on trend for the next few months, which you're going to be seeing. But if you read those magazines, you're probably going to find a few things real women are actually wearing this fall, but most of it is speaking to a slightly or very different demographic. So today in current events, I'm going to share with you the trends you'll actually be seeing in stores this fall. In the word of the week, we're going to be talking about accessories. I know you know what the word means, but do you know what makes something an accessory? We'll talk about it. And then in the Everyday Style School lecture, I'm sharing how to transition your wardrobes from summer to fall without looking ridiculous. As you very well know, there isn't one day where it switches from hot, humid, sticky weather to cool, crisp sweater weather. There's a lot of gray area and temperature ups and downs in between that can make getting dressed in the early part of fall or late, depending on where you are, really challenging. Today, we're going to talk about what to switch out first and what to keep wearing to make this season easy and stylish. All right, let's get this party started, as always, with today's lesson from Linda. Today's Linda is not just one Linda. Today's Linda is probably 75% of the Lindas I ever shopped with. Now, to give you an idea of how I would work with clients when I was seeing clients one-on-one, we had a few options. We could just work together in their closet to help them clean out and figure out what wasn't working. We could just go shopping and help them add pieces that they know they needed. Or we could do both. Now, both was easier because I had a better idea of what we had gotten rid of, what we needed. However, when we just shopped together, I had to depend on them to tell me. But then again, I never wanted, you know, if somebody didn't have anything for me to edit, it would have been kind of silly and a waste of time and money on my client's part to have me come over and say, well, you've got nothing for me to do. So there were times where I just shopped with clients and I really depended on them to make the list of what is it you know you need? You know, what are we shopping for today? What are our goals? So with clients whose closets I hadn't been in, when we would meet at our designated spot at the mall, we would sit and chat for a few minutes before we got started. I would ask them what their style goals were, what their shopping priorities were, and what would you be sad if you went 
home without, right? If it's a certain pair of shoes or a pair of great jeans, what is it like our number one goal? What do we need to get done? I would ask, you know, did they bring anything to work with or match? Sometimes people would say, I have this weird skirt. I don't know what to do with it. And I would say, bring it. Let's, we'll find something. And then came the big question. What is your budget for this shopping trip? Now, 25% of Linda's had a clear budget. They knew exactly how much they could and should spend. 75% gave me some version of, well, I'll spend what I need to spend to get what I need. As a stylist, that is really, really challenging for me because I respect my clients' budgets and money so very much. But in order to do that, I have to have some guidelines. I've had clients with a $300 budget and I've had clients with $3,000 budget. So when someone says, well, I'll spend what I need to spend, I got to know where in that spectrum they are. So here's what I would ask them to do for me. I would ask them to finish this sentence. And if you don't know what your budget is for clothes, you can do this little exercise too. I would say, finish this sentence. If we spent blank today, I'd feel okay. If we spent blank today, I'd feel a little sick. All of a sudden, women who said, I'll spend whatever I need to spend, were saying, if I spent $300, I'd feel okay. If I spent $400, I'd feel a little sick. So you know what? $300 was the budget with a tiny bit of leeway. If she said $300 feels okay, but $600 would make her sick, we had a $300 budget with a little bit more leeway. Now, I am not discounting that $300 is a chunk of money, but it isn't, I'll spend whatever I got to spend kind of money. There were times women wanted to get an entire wardrobe, like a fall or winter wardrobe, for three to $400, including shoes and bras. That, my friends, is really, really difficult. I've done it, but it's really hard. Most of the time, we had to prioritize and say, what do we need right now? What can wait? And then, armed with Linda's true, realistic budget, we started to shop. And most of the time, we came close to hitting everything on her list. Now, there are two lessons, of course, that I want you to take away from today's Linda. First, you need to know your budget. And your budget determines what you buy, not what you buy determining your budget. Repeat after me. We do not go in debt for clothes. Say it again. We do not go in debt for clothes. Most women have no idea how much they spend on clothes per season or per year, or how much they would even need to spend to get the wardrobe they want. The first thing you need to do at the beginning of every season is figure out what pieces you need to replace first, and then which pieces you'd like to add to your wardrobe. Sketch out a rough yet realistic budget of what it would take to get everything on your list, and then see where you're at. Do you need to adjust? Do you have the ability to up the budget just a little bit? If that's comfortable, Go for it. If not, you need to pare down the list and prioritize. But make what you buy fit what you have to spend, not what you spend fit what you want to buy. Now, the second lesson I want you to take away from all my Lindas is this. Buying more but shopping less is the best way to build a wardrobe of value. Let me explain. When you have $500 to spend for the season and you fritter it away on a trip to Target here, an online purchase there, a fun pair of shoes here, you quickly spend your money, but you don't create a cohesive wardrobe. You forget key basics and chances are you're still going to feel like you have nothing to wear. On the other hand, if you've got $500 and you go shopping one time armed with a list of what you need, you'll make better shopping decisions and have more to show for it. 
trying to build a house one piece at a time with no thought to the other pieces you've used would be pretty ridiculous. And that house would probably never get done, right? The same thing goes for your wardrobe. Shop less often, but buy more when you go. All right, let's move on to the word of the week. Today's word is accessory. I know you know how to spell it and pronounce it, so I don't need to do it for you. But the reason I'm talking about this today is that a lot of women don't really understand the role of accessories in a wardrobe, so they don't make good accessory choices. They think they're accessorizing when they're really not. All right, when you think of accessories, you're probably thinking of jewelry, belts, shoes, handbags, scarves, etc., etc., right? And you would be correct. But here's the actual definition of what an accessory does that I want to talk about. This definition comes from the most scholarly of sources, Wikipedia, but it actually sums it up very clearly, so I'm using it. Here you go. A fashion accessory is an item used to contribute in a secondary manner to the wearer's outfit, used to complete an outfit and chosen specifically to complement the wearer's look. It has the capacity to further express an individual's identity and personality. It's pretty good, Wikipedia. The part I want to talk about is this. It is chosen specifically to complement the wearer's look. That means if your outfit changes, your accessories change. Right now, as I am recording this, I have rings on my left hand and a ring on my right hand. The rings on my left, my engagement and wedding rings, are worn every single day, regardless of where I'm going or what else I'm wearing. The ring on my right hand, while much smaller and much less flashier, would be changed if I were going to a dressy event or to the gym, whatever. The point is the ring on my right hand was chosen to complement and enhance my outfit today. Therefore, it's an accessory. The rings on my left hand are worn every single day without thought to my clothes. That makes them jewelry. It's the same for every other category of what we think of as accessories. Shoes, for example. When you do that flamingo thing in front of the mirror, lifting one foot and then the other, seeing which shoe looks best with your outfit, you are choosing an accessory. When you slide your feet into the same shoes you wear every single day without thought to what else you're wearing, you are putting on shoes. Same with bags. Picking out a date night clutch because it looks good with your dress? Accessory. Same bag used all season long? Handbag. Now, that's not to say that everyday pieces can't or don't enhance your look. I always choose a bag, a handbag for the capsule guides that fit with the entire guide and also elevates the look of the outfits in the guides. It is chosen with intention. And I think one of the best ways to look polished every day is to choose those basic must-wear items like bags and shoes that can go with a lot of things, but also elevate your style, put some thought into it, and it turns it from a bag to an accessory or shoes to an accessory. Now, accessories are important because they do two things in your wardrobe. The first one is they take you from dressed to well-dressed. They put an exclamation point on your outfit and say, I got dressed with intention and I have thought this through. They're also a great way to put your personal stamp on your outfit. One of my favorite wardrobe challenges in the, in the capsule community 
is when we ask our members to dress up a t-shirt, a basic, we usually give them the color, like a white t-shirt. The accessories come out. And even though a few hundred women are starting with the exact same piece, everyone's outfit turns out completely different and completely personal. That's what accessories do. Now, the second thing they do and why I love them so much is that they maximize your wardrobe. Listen, ladies, Accessories are budget-friendly, and they always fit. So if you invest in a few good wardrobe basics, you can create hundreds of outfits just by swapping out accessories. This is especially important for women who are going through a period of transition and don't want to invest in a big wardrobe. Have a few versatile clothing items and change it up with accessories. They won't be wasted when your transition is over. Finally, Everybody wants an accessories must have list. And my advice is always the same. And I actually think I shared this with you in episode 12 when I answered listener questions. The only accessories you must have are ones that you love and will actually wear. If you don't like silver, don't buy anything silver. If you don't like bracelets and you take them off all the time, don't buy bracelets. Because accessories are extra and we don't have to wear them, unless we love them, they sit in the jewelry box or closet or that drawer of scarves you haven't even opened in five years. Yes, I know about that drawer. Train yourself to look for accessories you love and buy those. I guarantee you will find a way to use them. All right, today in current events, I am sharing the top trends for fall 2019. Let's head over there now. Today, I'm going to be sharing the colors, patterns, fabrics, and accessories that are going to be everywhere in stores this season. This is not an exhaustive list. There are definitely more out there that I'm not covering today, but this will give you a good overview. And if you are afraid of investing in these trendy items, if you're afraid to try these things because they're going to be out next year, I really want to encourage you to listen to episode 13, The Truth About Trends, and find out if what you're worried about is actually a trend or a fad. Okay, let's start with color. In general, this season is trending really warm. About a year and a half ago, I noticed some brown velvet jeans hanging on a rack at, I don't know, Banana or Ann Taylor, I forget where. And I thought, wait, is brown coming back? Yes, you have been able to buy brown pants in department stores that carry work-appropriate pants in the same style in the Big Five, which is black, gray, navy, brown, and tan. But beyond that, there's been no brown anywhere in stores in years, a serious lack of brown for those of us who look better in it. However, after that one pair of jeans, I saw it cropping up here and there. And last summer on my old website, I wrote a, bo- a blog post about how brown is becoming trendy again. Now, I'm not ready to say that it's the big shade of fall, but we're definitely seeing more brown in stores and in general, warmer tones than we've seen in a long time, including mustard, which has been around for a few seasons now in a big way, ivory, orange, brick red, and the big one, which is a color I'm calling terracotta in the capsule guide. That is the shade of fall. This one's kind of interesting to me because it's a version of the 2015 Pantone color of the year, which is called Marsala. Now, in case you don't know, Pantone, which is apparently the company who invented the rainbow or something, comes out with a color each year that they deem the color of the year. They do this by analyzing trends in fashion, home decor, graphic design, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they tell us regular people what we should be on the lookout for. 
Every single year when Pantone announces their color, people message me or tag me in post saying, have you seen this? And yes, Linda, I have. But here's the thing. I don't care. You know why? It doesn't apply to me or the women that I serve. Pantone analyzes the latest runway styles, the high-end home decor stuff, all of the things that don't really apply to regular average people yet. And then they tell us what's coming. What they don't tell you is that it's going to be a few years until you actually see it in a major way in the stores that you're shopping at. Take Emerald Green, for example. That was Pantone's C-O-T-Y, as we say, color of the year, in 2013. And six years ago, you could probably find a green shirt here or there, but it wasn't until spring and summer of 2019 that it showed up significantly in stores like Loft and Banana and Talbot's and Gap, all the, as I like to call them, everyday women's stores. And you know, I love everyday women. I'm an everyday woman myself. So this Marsala slash terracotta color has been in the works for a few years, but it's taken until now to trickle down to us regular everyday people. So the next time you see Pantone announcing their color of the year, you can say, cool, I know what I'll be wearing in five years, and then kind of forget about it for a little bit. There's actually a great clip of this concept from The Devil Wears Prada, a movie I love, and I will link to it in the show notes. It is totally worth a watch. Okay, now, unless you've been living under a rock or you just haven't been shopping in a couple of months, you probably already know that the big pattern trend for fall is animal print, not leopard print, animal. It goes a little bit beyond just leopard. Leopard has been around long enough that it's kind of a new classic and we're used to seeing it. Edgier animal prints like snake and zebra and tiger have joined the mix and are on everything from earrings and tops to jeans and shoes, bags and outerwear. I urge you to give this one a try. And if you've been wearing leopard for years now, kick it up a notch and try a new animal. One thing I want to say about this one, and I shared this with my community because we do feature animal prints in the fall capsule guide, is that the harder you go on this trend, the faster you'll get sick of it. Even if you've been a leopard fan for years, adding a cute leopard skirt here and a scarf and a tee and a headband, and you get the idea, will make it seem like a costume to you very soon. It will feel like a fad. So try this trend, but try it with restraint. Diversify the animals, right? Get a little bit of snake, a little bit of leopard. Resist the urge to wear more than one piece or one animal at a time and use it very sparingly. It has the ability to look very chic, very new, very edgy, very polished. But if you go hard on this one and you stock up on all those cute $6.99 leopard things that are everywhere, you're going to get sick of it and burn out. Plaid is always a big thing for fall, and while it's not as big this year, it's definitely out there, but we're seeing bigger scale plaids this time, and other traditional patterns like houndstooth are also showing up in a much larger scale. If you're not sure what scale means, it's just the size of the pattern. So instead of seeing like a little tiny houndstooth check, you're going to see sort of a big stretched out version. Textured fabrics are also kind of a fall trend staple, and I think adding texture to your outfit is a great way to make your outfits look more interesting, more polished, a little bit richer. This season, thermal, like a waffle knit, is still going strong. That's been big for a few seasons now, and ribbed fabric is gaining momentum. Rib knits were are a 90s throwback, and since the 90s are ruling trends in general, it's not a surprise. Rib knits can be super cute, but I want to issue a warning that this fabric tends to seek out 
cling to and highlight stuff. So if you don't love your midsection, if you don't feel like it's as flat and firm as you'd like it to be, a fitted rib knit top is probably not going to be your fall BFF. As always, though, try it and see what you think. Another fabric you'll see more toward the end of fall is Sherpa, kind of like the lining of Ugg boots. I'm seeing it inside jackets, on hats, and on handbags. So keep an eye out for this one as the weather gets colder. Finally, let's talk about which accessories are having a moment in the fall of 2019. Hair accessories are not going anywhere. We are talking headbands and scrunchies and scarves, barrettes, especially pearl barrettes are kind of gaining popularity and they're everywhere. They can be worn by women of all ages. I recommend hitting Pinterest and doing a search for hair accessories and then your type of hair like long and straight or short and curly for inspiration on how to wear these in an age-appropriate way. I do not want to look like my tween daughter, uh, so we are wearing our barrettes and our scrunchies and all, all of those hair accessories very, very differently. Belts are big too this season, and it's no wonder since we can finally see them again. After years of long tops covering our waistlines, tops are getting shorter. Tied and twisted hems are really big in tops, and the half tuck is the styling choice for lots of women. So now belts worn in the belt loops of pants are back. Belts with double ring hardware are especially popular. I will put a link for in the show notes for an example, but animal print belts are fun too. And it's a great way to combine trends in a subtle way. Last but not least, interesting hoops are big this season. Not just your little one inch sensible circle, but big hoops combined with geometric shapes or double hoops are found everywhere and it's making them look a lot fresher for this year. That's it. Now you are in the know for fall 2019. I will be back in just a minute to talk about how to navigate transitional weather without looking ridiculous. Ladies, the Fall Capsule Wardrobe Guide is available now. This is the most versatile capsule we've ever created, turning just 34 pieces into over 200 outfit options to take you from the warm days of September to the cool nights of November. Capsule Wardrobe Guides help save you time and money while giving you more style than you ever thought possible. Isn't it time to ditch the I have nothing to wear today stress for the confidence that comes from knowing you'll be dressed and ready for anything? Head to my website at youreverydaystyle.com and don't forget to use code podcast to save $15 on your first capsule purchase. The fall capsule guide goes into the vault September 30th, so don't wait. This is the year for the effortlessly stylish wardrobe you've always wanted. Today, we're talking about how to transition your wardrobe through the changing seasons so you look chic no matter what the weather is like outside. We're going to be talking today about warm weather to cooler weather since we're heading into fall, but the same principles apply when you're transitioning from cold weather into warmer weather next spring. So a few years ago, I was in the waiting room of a doctor's office in the morning. I always like the first morning appointment. And I remember this very clearly. It was one of those first days that felt like the crazy heat of the DC summers was gone for good and cool weather would finally be coming, which probably means it was like late September, early October. And the high, remember this exactly, was 75 degrees that day. Now, if you're wondering why I remember what the exact temperature was going to be years ago, there were two women in the waiting room with me who made me have this philosophical conversation in my head about what season 75 degrees really is. Let me explain. 
It was morning. It was probably about in the 60s, like I said, but one woman had on a tank top, shorts, and flip-flops. I remember thinking she must be freezing. Now, a couple of chairs away from her was a woman in jeans, an Ugg-type shearling booties, and a long sleeve puffer jacket. I remember thinking she was going to be miserable later. These ladies clearly had a different definition of what 75 degrees meant. For one, it was still summer. For the other, it was late fall. The point is, though, neither one of them was sporting a transitional look for the transitional weather, and both looked a little silly. The thing is, with any transitional season, or even those buffer weeks at the beginning of a season where the weather is changing, the trick is to have a foot in both seasons, not to firmly plant your feet into summer until it's time to jump headlong into fall, and not to rush to jump into cold weather clothes when the thermometer isn't quite ready to go with you yet. What I see a lot is one day in the fall, it's usually around that end of September mark, women are so excited to wear their fall clothes that they just decide it's fall and actual weather be damned. I talked about this in the last episode and in a Facebook Live I did um, a couple weeks ago, I talked about the difference between ideal fall and actual fall and how dressing for actual fall is going to make life easier. It's going to make you feel more stylish. It can be really hard to get dressed in those buffer seasons when everything that's appropriate for the weather looks too summery and everything that looks appropriate for the season is too warm to wear. So I want to share with you how to dress for the weather and the season when they're not in sync. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the process of switching out your closet if that's a thing that you have to do. So here we go. The first thing to swap out is colors. Traditionally, summer is all about bright, tropical, punchy colors. And in the fall, we turn toward a darker, more muted, dare I say, more fall-like palette. The easiest thing to do is to wear the same silhouettes that you were wearing for summer in fall-like colors. I have a couple of really simple short sleeve blouses from Loft, and I wish they still made them because I would go back in time and I would buy multiples of every color. I love them that much. Anyway, I have one in bright turquoise that I love in the summer, and I have one in black that is a fall, early fall go-to for me. I can wear the turquoise one with white denim shorts in summer and switch to the black blouse and the and dark denim shorts in the fall. It's the same outfit, basically, but both totally comfortable in warm weather, but the dark version just looks more fall-like. Now you're probably thinking, well, wait, I thought we could wear white jeans in the fall. And yes, you absolutely can. In fact, you should. This is just an example of how darker pieces in the same silhouettes can make your look more fall appropriate even when the weather is warm. This is also a good time to swap out your patterns. So that big palm print that we've been wearing all summer long is reading very, very summery. So it's time to swap that out, to put that away, to bring out some plaid, some animal print, some wallpaper florals. In the capsule guide, we've put short sleeve and sleeveless versions of fall patterns and colors in there so you can transition seamlessly. Every wardrobe needs these pieces and it's here where most women are lacking. Again, it's because we're dressing for ideal fall, not actual fall. The second way to transition your wardrobe between seasons is to be aware of your shoes. You know, I say it all the time, shoes define your style. And ladies, there is an entire season between flip-flops and shearling booties and it's called fall. Simply putting on a shoe that has a little bit more coverage, that's a little more substantial, transitions your look for cooler weather. Had tank top and shorts lady put on sneakers with their outfit, 
it would have looked a lot less beachy than flip-flops. Whenever I talk about how much I hate flip-flops as regular shoes, people feel the need to tell me how much they love their flip-flops. And that's great. I get it. But today we're talking about how to look chic and polished. So you can have your flip-flops or you can look polished. You can't have both. There is an awesome scene from Project Runway season one where Wendy Pepper, may she rest in peace, is arguing with Tim Gunn about a frumpy shoe she has picked, and he's advising her not to send it down the runway. She keeps telling him why she loves the shoe, and finally he says in his very Tim Gunn way, don't defend the shoe to me. That's how I feel about flip-flops. Wear them, knowing the effect they have on your look, but don't defend the shoe to me. Again, shoes define your style. So what shoes should you have for transitional weather? Slip-on sneakers are great as are loafers, ballet flats, dorsay flats, peep-toe booties, perforated shoes, mules, anything that gives your feet a little bit more coverage than your summer sandals but doesn't go full on sweater weather is a good choice. Third, swap silhouettes. I know this is a no-brainer to tell you to wear pants instead of shorts and long sleeves instead of short sleeves, but that's pretty much what we do, right? So that is number three, swap your silhouettes. But don't just leave it at sleeves and pant length. Think about like necklines, going for necklines that are a little bit more closed, that offer a little bit more coverage. Instead of deep V-necks and halters, look for boat necks and cowls that give you a little bit more coverage. Another thing to consider during transitional seasons is fabrics. As the weather changes, swap your lightweight cardigans for actual sweater weather versions. Leave the linen pants behind and go for chino material instead. At the end of the season, it's time to bring in what we think of as fall clothes. Fleece, wool, sherpa, thick cotton, ponte. All of these are kind of the final phase of fall fabrics. They're not where you start. That's where you're going to end. The last thing to consider about changing your outfits during transitional seasons is layering. There will come a point in the fall where we are layering for fashion, where you know you're going to keep that outer piece on all day. But in early fall and also in spring, layering is all about function. Often you're adding a third piece in the morning because it's chilly, but as the day gets warmer, you'll probably want to ditch it. One thing I've seen a lot of my clients struggle with is having underpinnings, meaning that base layer, that stand up well on their own. For example, a plain white cami or a plain white tank that's gone a little gray under the arms might be fine if you're keeping your cardigan on all day. But if you would never wear it on its own, it is not a great layer for transitional weather. You've got to start with an outfit that works with nothing over it and then add the appropriate layer rather than creating a three-piece look to start with. Now, I know that might sound like a, yeah, obviously kind of thing, but I have seen so many women not have pieces that truly work for layering. And when that happens, your wardrobe isn't as functional and you don't feel as ready for anything. You end up uncomfortable at the end of the day when it gets warm. And there is nothing worse than being uncomfortable, is there? All right. Now that you have five ways to transition your outfits to cooler weather, I want to share with you how I transition my closet. I highly recommend listening to episode 14 on editing your closet like a pro as I share my way of organizing that makes this step really easy. Just like I mentioned in that episode, your closet setup is going to determine some of this. If you're able to keep your entire year-round wardrobe in your closet, that's awesome. I do still recommend moving some of the off-season pieces, things that are really, really summery, 
kind of to the back of the closet or out of a prime spot so that you can see what you're actually working with every morning. I shared in that episode also that I went from having a very big closet where I kept everything all together to having a smaller closet where I share with my husband and I have to switch out twice a year. And this is my process. Again, it's what works for me. Do what works for you. Because I have my closet organized by item type, it's pretty easy. For me, just like with my closet edit strategy, changing out my wardrobe for different seasons is easier to do in small chunks rather than one big day where I change everything out and I get tired halfway through and then I have piles to deal with. Also, when you change out everything at one time, it makes it really hard to get dressed when the weather swings wildly as it tends to in those early transitional weeks. So I prefer, again, just like my closet edit strategy, just to do it in little chunks. The first thing I do is start not long after Labor Day. Because my closet is organized by item type, it's super quick and easy. I just quickly flip through my closet sections and pull out anything that screams summer to me. Super bright poppy colors, summer patterns, like a tee I have with little embroidered beach umbrellas on it. White linen pants. Like I said earlier, you can absolutely wear white after Labor Day. But to me, the combination of white and linen is just too summery. Anything that looks like that to me, like it belongs on a beach vacation that I know I won't wear again until next year, gets pulled out. I leave the darker tanks, the sleeveless tops that are good for layering, the lightweight cardigans, all that kind of stuff. If it's appropriate for the weather, but it doesn't scream summer to me, it stays. That's just the first pass. It's easy to pull those few things out right away so I don't have to deal with them later. Again, how you store things is up to you and your situation. I'm really lucky to have a small walk-in closet in my office, so I leave things hanging on their hangers, and I have a few bins for folded things. I also put my most summery shoes away at this point and pull out my fall shoes, and I have a bin for those as well. Now, a few weeks later, when I'm still kind of wearing those summery things, I do the same thing again. I just quickly flip through and see if there's anything that screams summary now, maybe it didn't two weeks ago, but maybe now it does, or things that I just really can't wear again until next year. Those go back in my storage closet. And at that point, I look in my office closet to see if there's anything that could come out and go in the bedroom closet. I do this even before the big swap. Why? Because there's nothing worse than forgetting about a piece that you could have been wearing all along. Am I right? So this is usually where all those little summer stragglers get put away, all those, you know, flip-flops that I may have forgotten about, or maybe I'll go to the beach one more time, whatever it is, this is when they go. I don't do the big final swap until I notice I'm starting to get dressed in my office more than I am in my bedroom. When I have to go into storage pretty much daily, it's time. At that point, though, I'm pretty much just adding in the heavier fabrics, boots, etc. And it's not so overwhelming because I've done it in those little chunks all along the way. Now, this strategy may not work for you, but I thought I'd share my process in case you're stuck on where to start. I hope this episode helps you make the most of your fall style, your actual fall style. It's a little sad to me that so many women call fall their favorite fashion season, but spend over half of it struggling with what to wear because, again, they are dressing for and buying for ideal fall, not actual fall. Remember, fall starts very differently than it ends in most places, and you should have clothes you love for the whole season rather than just waiting for sweater weather. 
That is all for today, friends. Your homework for the week is to pull out your super summary, not going to wear it again this season stuff out of your closet. If This is if you live in a four-season climate and either put it into storage or move it out of the way in your closet if you keep everything in there. Hop on over to the Everyday Style Lounge on Facebook and let us know if you did it. I love hearing your homework reports. I love seeing you guys doing these things. And don't forget the fall capsule guide. I want to help make fall fun, simple, and stylish for you. And the capsule guide is the very best way to do that. The link is in the show notes, or you can just head to my website, youreverydaystyle.com, click on grab your capsule guide now and get your copy. Use code podcast, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at checkout and save $15 on your first capsule purchase. And don't wait. When October arrives, the fall capsule guide disappears. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, the Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to the Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.